This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we we definitely want to get David Noble's take on uh, Liberal Senator John Tester announcing that he is is running for re-election because David basically called it. I think it was last Thursday or the Thursday before when we were having this very conversation. But first, this is a very important point to add uh, to the conversation that we had in the six o'clock hour of this show. So, David, I, I played this media montage. You might have heard it on your on your drive in. I played the I media did. montage of basically the Pravda like media, MSNBC, CNN, and others. Joe Biden is a massive hero. He put his life at risk to travel to Ukraine. And we've been pointing out all week how the the air raid sirens were staged to give this the, to give this portrayal. All of it completely staged. That's blatantly obvious. But what you shared with me just a couple of minutes ago is is also very critical to this whole conversation. Yeah, when I was when I was listening to that, I was thinking to myself, Biden told Russia he was going there. That is the critical piece of this story. And so then, sure enough, I looked it up because I had read this in some sort of like a, there's a throwaway line in a story. And here, here, ABC News story, U.S. alerted Russia of Biden's surprise trip to Ukraine hours before he arrived. Um, so the U.S. government, the American government, the U.S. military, the State Department, the intelligence, or whoever it was, told Russia, hey, Biden is coming to Kiev. Watch out. Don't do anything. Biden is coming. And I guarantee Russia said, okay, fine. You know, yeah. we won't do it. Because they don't want to, they, they know that, that they can't pull the trigger on an American president. Of course not. Yeah. And some of us would also say, why would they pull the trigger on Joe Biden? That's, I think that you made that point earlier yeah, I mean, in the week, right? He's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's a weak president right. with a weak foreign policy that Russia is capitalizing on. It's in their interest to keep him in power. And so, but yeah, but the fact that, that that our government told their government, hey, FYI, basically, we told the Russians he was going to be there before the media was even told. That's right. That he and, was or the American there. people, yeah. Or the American people were told he was going to yeah. be there. Now, I understand why they did that from a security standpoint, because if Russia was planning to bomb Kiev, uh, they wouldn't want to do it if, Joe, if the president of the United States is on the ground. Kiev is safer when a president is on the ground from the United States Absolutely. of America. Not more at risk. Not more dangerous but but yeah that it, and this was an abc news story that you just pulled up that that that, that was that, just that was just the first one that popped up i mean it's been reported all over the place but i mean frankly i guess it's a good thing that there's a line of communication open between russia and the u.s um i think that goes back to the the cold war when the soviet union and the u.s had you know it's a good thing when when enemies have lines of communication and, and you can communicate it it helps de-escalate conflicts there's a whole you know theory behind all that stuff so i mean it's a good thing um but uh, like why isn't that point being made as a bigger part of the story why isn't the 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 media pointing this out hey that's weird that's weird that there's air raid sirens when um biden told ukraine he was coming but i got a question for and you nobody Aaron. flinched Nobody, Nobody even flinched, flinched right. when the sirens went off because they knew it was going to happen. Right, which yeah. also just kind of shows um, the air sirens are pointless. If you're going to have air sirens, people should react to it because what's the point otherwise? That's a good point. If you don't take them seriously, what happens when a real bomb uh, yeah. is on its way? I do way? have a question for you about this, though. Uh-oh, uh-oh. All right, he's going <laughs> to hold my feet to the fire, thankfully, because it's cold outside right after this. Here is your Montana News. 
A missing endangered person advisory has been issued for an 11-year-old from Helena. Evelyn Rose Carey is 5 feet 2 inches tall, 85 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. Last seen wearing gray sweatpants and a black sweatshirt. She was last seen on Monday evening, February 20th, leaving her residence near the 2500 block of Southridge Drive. Q2 reported authorities' concern for her safety in this severe winter weather. Asking anyone with information about Evelyn Carey to call 911 or the Helena Police Department at 406-442-3233. That's I need. And with interest-free financing, now is the best time to visit the professionals at Rimrock Cabinet. I love this song! I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? Professionals. 406-201-6263. QC Kinetics. That's 406-201-6263. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, nine below zero in Billings right now. The feels like temperature is 19 below zero. Meanwhile, Bozeman, uh, let's see, uh, 14 below zero. The feels like temperature in Bozeman right now, 35 below zero is the feels like temperature in Bozeman right now. Uh, hopefully some of those uh, latte liberals from Seattle are feeling it uh, this morning as well, if they're still around. That's, I, always, you know, that's always been my hope is that the these, these type of events can cause, uh, you know, some of the leftists that move here to maybe go back. But, hey, I got a question for you. Yeah, okay? what's the question? Yeah. Okay. If, if somebody gave you $117 billion, would you do fake sirens? <laughs> well, I mean, you know. $117 billion. I mean, would you do fake sirens Here's that? the deal, though. But if you're going to do the fake sirens, then at least fake a response to the sirens. At least have somebody, like, look around. Well, or, right, because now, now everybody that watches that is going to be like, okay, I guess, I guess we don't have to take the sirens seriously. It's the same thing with, like, the COVID freakout that they have. It's like now when we have a, when we have a, a real like dangerous virus that comes and the and the public health officials tell us oh my gosh this is so bad everybody locked down everybody's like screw you no i don't trust you i don't believe you yeah you know and that's a bad it's a dangerous situation when the people w won't listen to an air raid siren because when there's a real one you need people to follow it and it's a dangerous situation when people can't trust public health officials i mean these democrats have created very very dangerous situations for yeah, us. yeah that's a good point well and this kind of ties in with this east palestine ohio story as well here well you know the on msnbc this morning they were whining about donald trump bringing trump water clean water so they're more mad about donald trump bringing clean trump water to Ohio than they are about residents in Ohio potentially coughing up blood because of this environmental disaster. That's what MSNBC is more worried about here. Uh, it, but but what East Palestine, Ohio, I think it really is shows here, and I, I'd credit whoever I first heard say this, but it was a good point, is, is it shows that people do not trust this federal government even more so now after the botched response to COVID-19. They do not trust public right. health officials. So when public health officials come and say, oh, no, hey, don't worry, water's fine, and then they're poking sticks in, in the river and saying, uh, what is that? <laughs> right. And then all the, all, the, all the politicians are drinking the water that's what they're really mad about trump about is because hey trump you shouldn't be bringing them that water's fine there didn't didn't you see all the democrats drinking the water straight out of the tap 
There was this uh, there was this uh, s- song that came to mind. I, I should have queued it up here, uh, knowing that I might uh, likely refer to it here. But uh, there's this. It's like a rap song. Let's go to my house, and that's what I was thinking when it's like, oh yeah, the head of the EPA is drinking the water. Okay, yeah, at a pre-staged event right at a certain and I'm, I'm not suggesting that that there's necessarily something wrong with the water in all of these places yeah, who knows i mean who knows who knows you know your well water might be different than the city water you know who knows but 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 i think if i'm these residents of east palestine ohio my response would be yeah let's go to my house Right. Okay, you're drinking the water at this staged event at whatever location you're you're you've got all the TV cameras at, but come on over to my house. Now drink my water out of my tap. Totally. You know, let's no, go to my house. Point. And that might be a different story then. The EPA administrator might not be so willing right. no, that's to a great take point. a swig. Did you see uh, did you see that Pete Buttigieg is on personal time? <laughs> He's always on personal <laughs> He's time. He's always on personal time. He's too busy being a mom. Yeah. Uh, he got. I was thinking about this the other day. Somebody called in about uh, Pete Buttigieg. He, he got. What was he on? Like maternity leave for four months. They so he, right. he and his male partner adopted a, a a kid. They hired out like they hired out a woman's womb. Is it a surrogate mother? Thing? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is pretty disturbing to see how they've just commoditized women's wombs, and now it's just something that you know homosexuals can purchase. But they, they can't identify. They can't tell you what a woman is. But uh, but when it really comes down to it, they still need a woman, right? Uh, yeah. But anyway, so he gets like I think he was on four months of leave or right. something, and it's like, dude, why are you even a cabinet member right now? Like, you just go step away from the limelight for a little while. And I was thinking about it. You know, you were talking about air raid sirens. We would have these these sirens that would go off if the, if there was expected incoming you know uh you know uh, missiles or you know uh, mortars or anything like that when i was in afghanistan and we were on this remote combat outpost in in afghanistan to where like man we actually got hit we actually would would have rounds uh, hit near near our headquarters in fact our our little cafeteria uh, that we would eat food in, we would call it the Rocket Cafe because there was still the little fin in the roof of the building. Wow. Yeah, and so so then we'd go to one of the bigger bases, you know, one of the massive fobs like down at Salerno uh, in coast Afghanistan, and we finally get a break where they're picking up supplies. We finally get to, you know, see all the nice living facilities that they have on the major fob. Well, then the air raid siren goes off, and we're like, oh, come on. <laughs> we finally get to play a game of pool or watch a movie, and you guys want us to go hide in some bunker nope not doing it you know <laughs> right so uh, anyway it was no, just, pe- uh, yeah. yeah no that that's an interesting oh, experience but i get two weeks of leave to come back and i, I planned oh, that's right, yeah. it when one of my kids was born wow really but Pete Buttigieg, oh no, hey, take your, he's on personal time all the time. You know, just gets to take leave whenever he wants to. You know, that's I mean, that's the opposite of how it should be. Um, uh, you know, uh, somebody that is at the top of a federal department. Um, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, it's an important position. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do it, if if you want, if you want your a work life balance, you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't be. A cabinet head. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I fully respect. And, you know, there's all these stories about um, – I just saw a story recently about how there's this huge trend, especially in law, where uh, female partners at law firms quit all the time. And so you see this you see this all the time where, where women will work themselves up to partner in a, in a large law firm, and then they quit. And they want work-life balance. They want to spend time with family. And that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. But, hey, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be the department of tra- – maybe you shouldn't go from small-town mayor – to a cabinet. Smart.
Thompson ThompsonPools.com. Remember, if it isn't a Thompson Pool, it ain't worth a dip. Thompson Pools. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. As of this broadcast, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's U.S. Forest Service will carry out aerial gunning starting today to kill a stray cattle in New Mexico's Gila National Wilderness, a move that Western ranchers say is illegal, inhumane, and needs to be stopped. I spoke with Lauren Patterson, a New Mexico rancher and president of the New Mexico Cattle Growers Association this week, and I asked him if the Biden administration... In particular, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Bilsack then made aware of his department's plan. Well, I think he's seen the headline by all means because uh, we've been pretty vocal about it and we've had multiple uh, conversations at the Washington, D.C. level with our affiliate organization, you know, National Cattlemen's Beef Association in particular, the Public Lands Council has taken this as high up as we possibly can. And we, I just cannot see how we're going to go forward with this, but we're going to back our ears and bite the bullet and uh, seek a judicial way to stop this. The New Mexico cattle growers have filed a lawsuit to stop the aerial gunning, but as of this broadcast, it has not been successful. They do believe that if the aerial slaughter of cattle does occur, it could become a standard tool for the U.S. Forest Service across the West. I'm Lane Nordland. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Well, let's uh, let's turn now to two-step uh, tester. How was it that uh, one of our listeners in Bozeman had a great line yesterday, flip-flop flat top. Uh, <laughs> flip-flop flat top because he, you know, he flips around on all these issues, but then he just flops when it comes to actually stepping up and serving Montanans. I, I love that line. I think that was Dennis in Bozeman. Kevin in Belgrade, uh, he sent us an, a, a message on our Montana Talks app yesterday. So, uh, David Noble, you probably saw the story that I did about uh, liberal Senator John Tester announcing that he is running for re-election here in Montana. And uh, I've got to say, I, I, I appreciate the photo that I selected from Getty Images uh, for the story. But anyway, uh, Kevin in Belgrade says, I love the picture you have on the website of Tester. His facial expression says it all. And that is, well... Chuck called and said, I have to run. I didn't want to, but Chuck said it. And the two aides beside him looked like they were told by someone, you got to help this guy. Good luck now. Uh, wow. Uh, really, John, get the heck out of our feasts. We do not need you any longer. That's what uh, Kevin in Belgrade had to say. Uh, David, I'm going to try to see if I can pull up the audio from last week because you you nailed it. Last week you said, look. This is proof that John Tester is running for re-election. He's now pretending to be moderate. He's pretending to be a conservative. He's running for re-election. And then, boom, less than a week later, here's the news. Yep. I mean, to me, it was just obvious. And I was I was 100% confident because I, I follow John Tester on Instagram and, and Twitter and all that. And he never posted. He And he never, he never came back to Montana. He never met with Montanans. He never has done anything for five years. For five years, he's never posted. He hadn't posted a video. He hasn't, and now all of a sudden, every day he's posting videos of himself talking and talking about, you know, how I'm against taxes and I we got to keep low taxes and we got to. And then his little like announcement tweet. His main thing that he wants to do is lower costs, 
low cost. Then it's like that's that's the Biden agenda. That's what Biden says. I mean, th- they've pulled that they've pulled that phrase lower the cost. We got to lower cost. That they, that somehow is a really well received phrase amongst oh low cost. Yeah, let's lower cost. That sounds great. Let's lower cost. Who doesn't want to lower cost? But it's so just empty and just vapid. It's like it's meaningless. It's just a complete trope. It's just meaningless phrase. But that's what he said in his announcement speeches. We need to lower costs. And he's out there talking about lower taxes. He's Defend out there meeting. Montana yeah. values. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his statement alone, you can tell this guy is trying to appear as though he were a Republican yep. when he's one of the radical liberals in the United States Senate. Uh, yeah. I mean, and the, the response that I made, you know, because I was calling out the phoniness of the Montana media, how they copy and paste his talking points, and and how, you know, even some in, in D.C. will refer to him as a moderate. He's not a moderate. and But but I said, okay, let's let's go with this. Let's say you are gullible enough to think that John Tester is, is a moderate. Well, if he is a moderate, then he is a failure because he failed to deliver on the Keystone XL pipeline. He's, he's instead delivered uh, high gas prices, high grocery prices. He's delivered 32 plus trillion dollars in debt. He's delivered high crime across the country, especially with his liberal judge buddies here in Montana. So he's either the radical leftist that we all know he is, or if you're gullible enough to think he's a moderate, then he's a failure. Right. I mean, if he was actually a moderate, uh, maybe he ought to be working with Joe Manchin uh, to prevent blowout spending packages that drive inflation and hurt Montanans. But he's never he's never once been on, on Joe Manchin's side against the radical left Democrats in the Senate. He votes straight down the line with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. He's a he's one of these solid D votes. He he's he's the number one recipient of lobbyist cash. He's so corrupt. And it's just like and it's like Joe Biden running for president. You know, I've I've said for years. Of course Joe Biden is going to run for president. The guy's a career politician. He's wanted to be president since the seventies. He's literally been, wanted to be president since 1970s. In, of course he's going to run. In the 80s, he was a presidential candidate yes. then, and he got forced out of the race for lying. Yes. For plagiarism. And yeah. how many things has this guy lied about over these past few decades? Now, if he was uh, the gay George Santos, they would try to force him out of power. But he's not. He's Joe Biden, so he can lie all he wants. Right. And so, I mean, but these people like Joe Biden and John Tester, they don't have anything else going for them besides their career politician status. And so to me, it's like, you know, to, to think that, oh, these guys are just going to, they're going to serve one term or they're going to serve two or three terms and then they're going to go walk away and, and, you know, walk off into the sunset. No, these are corrupt career politicians. Of course, they're going to continue to run. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like the response. I really like this response from Montana Senator Steve Daines. Uh, I, I love the the we are ready for this fight. I love the way that that the Republicans now at the national level, including our Montana folks, are saying, you know what? We're glad John Tester is running for reelection. Would it be an easier fight if it was an open seat? Yeah, but we're glad he's running for reelection because basically, we want another uh, we want another mount on the wall. We want another trophy. We've taken out other big name Democrats here in Montana in recent years. It's time to take out John Tester. But here's what Steve Daines had to say. John Tester just made the same mistake Steve Bullock did in 2020. Both should have ended their political careers on their terms. Instead, they each will have their careers ended by Montana voters. 
Uh, and then there's more to follow where that came from. I'll share the rest of his statement right after this. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. In East Palestine, Ohio, this morning, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg at the site of a train derailment and chemical spill three weeks ago. Part of what you see here is, regardless of what kind of tank or gases are in, if there's even one car on the train that's not at a high standard and it's flammable, the rest is at risk. Right? The train companies agreed to temporarily remove the tracks to excavate the soil underneath. Uh, suspects arrested in Orlando, Florida, for the murder of three people, including a TV reporter and a nine-year-old girl. Authorities first responded to a murder scene at 11.20 in the morning where they found a 20-year-old girl shot dead. The journalists were at the scene reporting on that crime. Authorities believe the same suspect returned to the scene and opened fire on the crew. Police say the gunman then walked into a nearby home, killing a nine-year-old girl and then wounding her mother. Fox Todd Pyro. TV cameraman's also in critical condition. America's listening to Fox News. All right. So, yeah. So, David Noble, I, you probably saw this. Uh, this was the response. I saw Politico featured this yesterday afternoon. But uh, this was a uh, statement that was sent out by uh, Senator Steve Daines, not only a Montana senator, but he's also now the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And so, yeah, he you know, what he said in the first half of this of this statement here is, hey, you know what? Steve Bullock could have ended his career on a high note. You know, he was a he was a governor. He had already been attorney general in Montana. He could have ended his uh, political career on a high note. Instead, he got embarrassed by Steve Daines in the 2020 election and lost by like 10 points statewide, lost Yellowstone County by 16 points. And so I, I, I think this message is spot on by Steve Daines, where he where they were there basically saying, hey, you know what, John Tester? You could have ended your career on a high note, you know, as a what three term now are we talking uh, U.S. senator who survived some very tough battles in the past. But uh, but nope, you're going to go out like Steve Bullock went out. Right. It's, it's, it's like these quarterbacks in the NFL that overstay their welcome and then they end up getting <laughs> benched and they're, you know, they're 40 years old. And some of them, you know, are still good. But it's like I don't I've never understood why why athletes do that. And it's kind of the same with these politicians, because what, wouldn't it be just wonderful for for the rest of our lives? For the rest of our lives, we'll be able to say we threw John Tester out of office. He got thrown out of office by the Montana voters. That would be a, a very sweet thing. Now, of course, we've got to have a good candidate on the Republican side that excites the Republican base, that's a solid conservative. That's going to be, that's going to be an interesting uh, primary, but, but it's, it's – let's focus – I think we ought to spend our time focusing on John Tester. I still think we ought to be every single maybe, – maybe I ought to change it from the woke update of the week, which, by the way, I've got one interesting one, to the, to the John Tester left-wing update of the week or something like that, yeah, where or, every week we point out a radical left thing that John Tester's done over the last we'll four do or five the, years. Uh, it'll be the, hey, uh, coming up uh, Thursday in the 7 o'clock hour, it's the wake you up update of the week. About, there we go. To, to wake people up about the real radical record of liberal Senator John Tester. I like that idea. Uh, here was the second half of the statement sent out by Montana Senator Steve Daines. Uh, John Tester's support for Joe Biden's disastrous agenda of open borders, reckless spending, and massive tax hikes is a fireable offense. So, so that was the other half of there. But I, I think this this confidence and this optimism and this combative response from the, from the Republicans uh, is is great. Because David, I you know, because some people will say, "Oh, come on, Republicans in Montana have tried to take out Tester before. They they tried to take him out in 2018, and even with Donald Trump's help, they couldn't do it then." Our demographics have changed quite significantly since then. I also think, I think. 
the phony, I'm a moderate, look at my flat top, look at my missing fingers, I think that shtick is, has, has worn off. I think so, too. I, I mean, it feels, it feels completely different this time around. There's so much that's changed. The economy's different. Our demographics are different. Uh, you know, Donald Trump woke a lot of people up in terms of showing how corrupt the media is. All of that stuff's new. Yeah. All right. Well, more to follow here with uh, David Noble coming up right after this. We just had the Wake You Up segment. Let's do the Woke segment right after this. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, jumping right back into it here. Uh, David Noble joining us every Thursday here in the 7 o'clock hour on Montana Talks. And, David, again, always uh, so grateful for your time. You always do such a great job filling in for us uh, on the show here as well. So the we did the wake you up about liberal Senator John Tester segment there. What's the woke update of the week that you got yeah, for us? Yeah, so this, this one's a little bit different than the usual woke update of the week. Usually we like to do on the woke update of the week we like to do a story uh of something some radical leftist democrat has said that's just so preposterous that anybody would just shake their head at it but this one's this one's kind of different and it's a little bit of good news okay so rasmussen reports did a new poll um that found that 79 percent of american adults are not woke Okay, that's and that, the, here's the story from Rasmussen. Not woke yet. Most voters reject anti-white beliefs. Uh, it says, despite years of progressive activism, a majority of Americans still don't buy into the woke narrative that white people have a monopoly on racism. The latest Rasmussen Reports National Telephone and Online Survey finds that 79% of American adults agree with the statement, black people can be racist too. Now that that's if you're woke you don't believe that because yeah. if you if you're woke, only white people can be racist only white people can be racist 79% of americans believe that non-white people black people whoever however you want to say it, can also be racist and so that means 79% of americans are not woke i thought that was a great that's great news which is why they have to refer to hispanic people now as white, white people, because because right. because see, as as Hispanic people are turning against the Democrat Party, they now have to be able to say that you're right. white supremacists right. too. And of course, yeah. Asians are not, um, you know, a, a, a minority group according to Democrats because they're so successful and they make more money than white people. It's all the and success is bad. Yeah. So so yeah, the radical leftists think Asians are bad and they want to discriminate against Asian kids in the schools, right. not just at Harvard, but even at the elementary level in San Francisco. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, to me, to me, this whole thing is kind of gross, the way that, you know, the way that the left has us dividing people up by race, define, defining people by race, grouping people into races, and then, you know, de, you know, describing people based on their race. I, I find the whole thing just kind of off-putting. I mean, to me, I don't really care what your race is, and, you know, so I don't like even talking about, like, a racial group does this or a racial group does that yeah. because people are individuals and they're not defined by the race. But Democrats have ingrained this into our society where race is the number one most important factor. That's what defines you and that's what defines what you're supposed to think. Democrats will not if you're if you're a certain race Democrats believe that you have to believe a certain thing. And Joe Biden, a classic quote from Joe Biden, you know, you ain't black if you don't support me. I mean, one of the most dis disgusting racist <laughs> comments I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. 
The, but, the same guy who, who complained about a racial jungle that might ensue if there was desegregation. Right. This, what? This, How yeah. is that guy even allowed to still be in American politics after a remark like that? Well, I've never understood. How do you... How do you ha- have such a bad lie that you have to withdraw from the presidential race in the 80s and then you come back and win uh you know rush limbaugh used to talk about how you know it's it's only in the democrat party where where you, where failure leads to ri- rising and so joe biden had failed and failed and failed and he'd been he'd had to withdraw because he's a liar he'd been a plagiarizing he had to withdraw from there and then the democrats elevate him to be president and, and that's the, that's the only party where you can just fail into into leadership but joe biden also is the guy uh that bragged about delaware being a slave state uh there there was a there was a quote uh from him in the 80s or 90s something like that some uh, journalist asked him hey joe biden um you're running for president you know how do you how do you expect to win the south being you know you're a northeast you're a northeast liberal how are you going to win the south and he's like you don't know me you don't know my state my state's a slave state <laughs> and it was just the most the most disgusting thing but that's uh, that's joe biden for you yeah you know um tied in with this i i've I haven't mentioned this story on the show yet because I, I think this would make uh, an interesting hour-long or two-hour-long, kind of almost like special-focused show. But all week long, I've been kind of been gathering different little tidbits of, of information, news stories, commentary pieces. I reached out to David Harsanyi, who's one of the senior editors at TheFederalist.com, and he wrote a piece about this topic. In fact, he may join us later today or sometime tomorrow on the show because he did shoot me an email back. Yeah, hey, I'd love to join you guys. Uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the uh, Georgia congresswoman, she made uh, – uh, a statement about how she thinks we are headed towards a national divorce. She thinks we should have a national divorce because of all the division in this country, because of the way the federal government is targeting the American people. I don't know if this was the soundbite or if it was one of the other ones uh, that I picked up here. Let's see. Our ideas, our policies, our ways of life have become so far apart that it's just coming to that point. And the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. Um, No one wants that, at least everyone I know would never want that, but it's going that direction and we have to do something about it. All right. So that was Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, kind of a follow up comment to her national divorce remarks saying, yeah, nobody wants to see a civil war. But basically, this is what those guys are pushing here. Now, Matt, Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, is saying, hey, I see where she's coming from, but we don't need a national divorce. We need a national reconciliation. Uh, David Harsanyi from The Federalist uh, had in his piece, he, he says we don't need a national divorce. We need more federalism. And, you, and you're a lawyer. So talk about what what is more federalism? Mean. Well, that's that's. I mean, frankly, that's been Ben Shapiro's kind of argument too for a long time. And the the point of federalism is is you know states can be different. States should have the power. And if if every state can do its own thing, and the federal government is not overbearing and and doing it and forcing things on us and forcing California policies on Montanans, for example, then hey, conservatives, they we can we pay, they can all move to Montana. If you're if you're a left wing radical, go move to California and you know we'll we'll have conservative policies in here in Montana and they can have left wing radical policies in California and hey everything's fine as long as people's basic constitutional rights are still protected absolutely as long as interstate commerce is still protected but that hasn't been protected because that's why 
the, the crow tribe can't you know has has to battle to be able to sell their crow coal because of white liberals like Jay Inslee in Washington State. You raise a very good point though. This was a conversation Travis and I had off air earlier this morning. So Joy Reid, she's the racist lady on MSNBC. She says if if we have a national divorce, there's going to be slave states again, and black people are going to be stuck in slave states. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I was like, this is very. See, to me, this is a, a very interesting conversation because, but just like you mentioned, people that are moving to Montana, why are they moving to Montana? Not because they want to own slaves or be enslaved, because they want to be free. We are one of the free states of America. Florida is one of the free states of America. For people who yearn to be free, they are fleeing to the Floridas. They are fleeing to the Montanas. They are fleeing to the red states. The blue states? The Democrats? I'm sorry, but you want to see miserable conditions? If we truly had a national divorce, right, and, and, and we separated this country in two, where would the freedom be and where would the misery be? Where is the misery right now in our inner cities, yep. on some of our reservations? Who controls it? Big federal government policies and Democrats. That's where the misery is taking place. That's absolutely right, and there, all the data, all the data supports that. There's, if you actually look at mental health data, for example, rates of uh, um, depression and anxiety and mental child health abuse. problems, child abuse, sky high in the urban areas, and not so much in in places like Montana. And so, I think that's absolutely right. That's a great point. Yeah. So that's why I, I would love to to sit down with Joy Reid and say, Joy, look at at the country right now. Where, where is the Mason-Dixon line at right now? Where is freedom and where is tyranny? Right. Uh, it's Who's, very which, obvious right. where, which where, parties, where the free states are. Yeah, which party is the party of racism? Which party is the party of segregation? Which, which party has a president that bragged about his state being a slave state? You know, which is the party that fought a civil war to try to to try to keep slavery? The Democrat Party. Which party denied black people from being able to access a lunch counter in New York City in the last two years? That's a good the point. The Democrat yep. Party. Right. right. Which is the party? What's what's the party that tells black people that they can't get ahead unless the government puts its thumb on the f- scale in their favor? Which is and then vice versa. Which is the party that says, hey? define everybody by the content of their character um, we think everybody in America, regardless of skin color, has an opportunity to get ahead. We've got equality under the law. Um, these are one. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Which, which party is the party that wants to keep uh, uh, black kids trapped in inner city public schools that are failing them? And which party wants to give those kids an option to be able to escape that oppression from these inner city Democrat-run public schools? Hmm. I mean, we could go on. That, it, that's why on I, and on and on. That's why I, I didn't bring the topic up yet, because it's like, man, once you talk about this, we could go on for hours. And so, uh, but yeah, but if we get David Harsani on the show, that'll be great. Um, I mean, I even, I don't know if you saw this news, Malcolm X, uh, the people that assassinated Malcolm X that were thrown in prison, they got exonerated. They got let out of the prison. Apparently they were set up. So now Ben Crump is the lawyer for the family of Malcolm X. They're suing the federal government. There's, wow. I don't. Just like I say, I think it would be interesting if we had a real conversation about what this federal government is responsible for. Fox News commentary. The left is canceling children's books again, and they aren't coming for the ones that contain soft porn. I'm Tommy Laren. More next.
It all started with the brutal murder of a young married couple. Now, more than 40 years after the couple was found, investigators and forensic genealogists are cracking the case wide open to uncover a stunning second mystery. Where's the baby? I said, well, wait, he had a baby? We crossed the country speaking with victims' families and those close to the case as we ask, what about Holly? I just want to know what happened. Available on foxnewspodcasts.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. As we well know, the triggered left loves to cancel historic, classic, and harmless things. And this time, they're coming after beloved road doll children's books, such as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, and Matilda. Sensitivity readers have determined certain passages in these classic novels to be, of course, racist, sexist, and insensitive to fat people. Road doll books have sold more than 300 million copies worldwide, but apparently, millions of people weren't aware of how problematic they are. These road doll literary works have not been eliminated entirely, but rather rewritten to be more politically correct. Oh, goody. This boggles my mind. So-called sensitivity readers are triggered by classic children's novels, but take no issue with the soft porn and LGBTQ grooming books slowly being introduced into libraries? We don't have a cancel culture problem in America. We have a cultural crisis and it gets more ridiculous by the day. I'm Tommy Laren and you can watch my show Tommy Laren is fearless at outkick.com. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With cloudy skies and some scattered snow showers around the area yet today, even seeing some partial sun in some spots, especially this afternoon. High temperatures will range right around zero across the region. For tonight, we can expect partly to mostly cloudy skies, lows in the mid to upper teens below zero. And then the outlook for Friday does call for mainly sunny skies with high temperature readings up to around 18 degrees across the Billings as well as Bozeman areas. As we head into Friday night, clear skies anticipated as some quiet weather takes us into the weekend with low temperatures at around five above. Saturday, lots of sunshine and warming temperatures. High temperatures in the mid-30s to around 40. Then skies stay clear into Saturday night with lows from the upper teens to the lower 20s. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. Well, we got a, uh, a message on our Montana Talks app here from uh, Wendy. I think it's Wendy in Bozeman. Well, it's cold in Bozeman, but no, I think this message came from Wendy in Bozeman. Uh, check this. We are already in a civil war. Are you cray-cray uh, with the, uh, the message here from, from Wendy in Bozeman? Uh, let's see. Uh, Dennis in Bozeman says this. We have a peaceful recourse to civil war, and that is Article 5 Convention of States. Uh, I almost uh, hesitate to even bring that one up because then it's like you get the John Bircher and the Convention of States guys that well, they will talk about this issue all day long, every day, and argue back and forth. And so, But anyway, Dennis says, says this. There is a reason why uh, left-supported groups oppose this. Uh, so anyway, Dennis, so thanks, whatever thanks happened, for that message. Whatever happened with the Convention of the States in the Montana legislature? Yeah, no, good question, because we had a caller yesterday uh, bring it up, and and she shared, actually she shared uh, really interesting information. Um, and I saw it, I think there was actually a legislative digest that the Billings Gazette published, and, and I saw where they kind of broke this piece down. Uh, so... 
the, so State Senator Tom McGilvery, great guy, great lawmaker out of the Billings area, he is a big backer of the Convention of States idea, with the idea being that they want to pass a, a balanced budget amendment to rein in our out-of-control federal government spending, uh, something I think we all support on that front, uh, reining in federal government spending. Uh, in the state Senate, it, it uh, let's see, 50-member state Senate, right? 25 to 25. On, oh, wow. It passed first reading. It passed second reading. Failed on third reading in a tie vote. Oh, wow. But what happened earlier this week, this is what the call, that's why I was wondering when the caller called in, I said, I said, well, was this in the news again? What prompted your call? Um, what they what did pass the state senate earlier this week were the rules. So the led so if we had a convention of states, uh, the legislature this is their argument would craft the rules and set the rules for okay here's how the convention would operate here here's where the guardrails would be on something like this because the opponents to a convention right. of, of states argue that it'd be a runaway convention and then they'd start stripping all of our con, uh, constitutional rights or changing all a, a whole bunch of other stuff and so so what passed the state senate earlier this week were some of the rules that would be in place okay. if we did have a convention of states yeah. so yeah that was kind of interesting yeah um, I, by, by by the way, I'm not a I'm not a fan of, of discussing national divorces or civil wars. I, I really I really don't think we're even close to that. I don't think it's appropriate to even discuss or talk about. And I always tell people we are Look, bitterly divided, though. We are bitterly divided, yeah. Um, but I just it's just I, I don't think we're there yet personally. And and so I think it's. But I, I will say this. I will say this. Okay, I am hearing from a lot of other people that they do support the idea, that they are ready for civil war, that they are ready for a national divorce. So there, there's no question that that sentiment is growing. There's a lot of people that feel that way. You know, I, I'm just not there yet because, uh, you know, life is pretty good, actually, for, for us here in, in Montana. Life, is, overall, there's not a lot to complain about. Well, we gotta, we gotta work to keep it that way, and 2024 is gonna be absolutely critical. Uh, going back, though, to this, uh, to Joy Reid and some of her remarks, did you see uh, Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC? This kind of ties in with this woke garbage and and how they're trying to racialize everything so ron desantis there was this absurd anti-american critical race theory style uh ap course in 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 florida ron desantis says no we're, we're not implementing that it's critical race theory it's anti-american we're not implementing right. that it's false no if we're going to teach yeah. stuff, if we're going to teach stuff in our schools we're going to teach the truth not false stuff yeah and so so ron desantis cancels this ap course says no we're not going to teach that that garbage in florida schools and so the left does what they always do they and they because they got to racialize everything they lie about ron desantis and they say he's canceling african-american history classes no, he isn't. No, he didn't. He canceled that pathetic course. Right. But they lie about it. Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC lied about it. She got called out for it. And now she attempted to issue an on-air correction. But, but David, listen to how phony and pathetic this correction is. And a postscript. In my interview last Friday with Vice President Harris, I was imprecise in summarizing Governor DeSantis' position about teaching slavery in schools. Governor DeSantis is not opposed to teaching the fact of slavery in schools but he has opposed the teaching of an african-american study okay anyway she goes wow on. it's just but right okay i lied i was wrong but yeah. let me tell imprecise, you how. imprecise by the way before we go i'm just going to give a shout out to vivek ramaswamy announced for gop candidate for president i'm a huge supporter yeah he's a big anti-woke uh woke guy out there yeah hey uh, david noble always a pleasure